Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through to 8. Acts 1, verses 4 through to 8. Amen. I want to preach a very simple message today. I want to preach on the most vital ingredient to the church, the most vital ingredient to you as a believer, and that is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. How many know we need the power of the Holy Spirit? How many know, you know what, there's nothing like the Holy Ghost power can you say amen Amen. this is the driving force of you as a believer this is going to help you overcome some issues in your life to overcome things listen you're going to need the power of the holy ghost you know my daughter the other morning she was making her breakfast right and so she was putting the toaster bread down in the toaster and she was getting frustrated she was like putting it down and it's like it just kept popping up popping up and she was getting frustrated like Eloise, Eloise, you got to plug it in. <laughs> you got you to gotta plug it in. And she was like, oh, Dad. And I was, I was like, Eloise, isn't that a good picture, right? And I was like, she's like, oh, Dad, don't start preaching. <laughs> I was like, no, isn't that a good picture? That's like a picture of a lot of Christians. Man, they, you know what? They're Christians, but they're missing out on the power. Come on, somebody. And the power is in the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you this uh, message this morning because I felt so stirred. I'm feeling so stirred these last couple of weeks, these last couple of days, because Jesus is coming back. We're praying about, you know, the coming of Christ. We're, we're, we're preaching about, you know what, Jesus coming back for his church. Uh, we preached on passion on Sunday nights. And also on Wednesday night, we talked about the power of prayer. God wants his church to be awakened. And God wants the church to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. To live in these last days. I'm telling you, there's power when it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the promise in our text today, the promise was that the Holy Spirit was to come. And think about this for a minute. The greatest promise to the whole world is, of course, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's John three sixteen. That is the promise given to the whole world. But the greatest promise to the church... Hallelujah, the greatest promise to you and I is this, but yea, shall receive power. Everyone say power. Power. Come on, after that, the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, this is the King James Version, is come upon you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but let's read our text today. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through to 8, and it says this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, But to wait for the promise of the Father. Everyone say the promise. Promise. Amen. This is the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, come on, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and all and to the end of the earth. Skip down to chapter 2. Chapter 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as a spirit 
gave them utterance. I want to preach a message today entitled Holy Ghost Power. Amen. If you're taking note, number one, the Holy Ghost Power. Amen. In our text, it tells us, you shall receive what? Power. You shall receive power. This is the promise and this is what the Holy Spirit came to do. What is his purpose? I mean, the, the promise was that the power is going to come. But what about the purpose? Listen, the chief purpose of the baptism with the Holy Spirit is that the believer, is that the Christian might have power for Christian service. This power for special service is distinctive. It's this result of having been filled with the Spirit of God. And you think about Jesus' ministry for a minute. I mean, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost. Before he began his public ministry, he performed his mighty works by the power of the Spirit. I mean, Jesus went about the cities. He went about the towns. And he was teaching. He was preaching in the synagogues. He was healing the sick. He was opening the blind eyes. He was doing miracles after miracle. And listen to what uh, the Bible tells us. That's recorded in Luke 4, chapter 18. He was moving under the Holy Spirit, uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set liberty them that are bruised. Acts chapter 10 verse 28. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were pressed of the devil, for God was with him. I mean, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Jesus went out preaching and teaching, and he was doing miracles. How did he do it? It was by the power of the Holy Ghost. It was by the power of his Spirit. And many times, can I say, you know what? We as Christians can forget about this. We can live in our lives and day by day and we miss truly plugging in to the true source power of the Holy Spirit. We miss the anointing. We miss the miracles that could happen in us because we've not plugged into the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I come to say to somebody, there's power in the Holy Ghost. There's power in His Spirit. I've come to tell somebody, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. Come on now, and that's why Jesus went about doing miracles, was because he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus, he begins to teach and preach, and he says to his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 12, he says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father you see, Jesus was referring to the disciples' works as being greater in quantity rather than in quality. He was saying, you know what, greater works will you do because there's going to be people in PNG filled with the Spirit. There's going to be people in the Cook Islands that are going to be filled with the Spirit because they'll be doing the works in the earth. There's going to be people here in Bealey who will be filled with His Spirit to do greater works in this town, in this city. And this is what fueled the early church is that there was a power, a supernatural power that came only from the Holy Spirit. This power that fell in the book of Acts is available to you and I. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, amen, and of, a, and of love and of a sound 
mind. I mean, these disciples, they were being promised that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was going to uh, descend upon them. And I want you to imagine for a second, when Jesus died, the disciples gathered in fear of the Jews. They were hidden uh, within closed doors and they were uh, in fear. In John chapter 20, verse 19, for the fear of the Jews. I mean, here they are. They were once in fear, captive uh, by this thing. It's like, oh man, Jesus died. And so they're now hiding from the Jews. But yet, in the book of Acts, the very same group of men could not be kept behind closed doors. They became bold as lions because of what? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. There's something that comes upon us as believers that says, you know what, man? I don't have to fear people. I don't have to fear or be afraid of anything else because I got the power of the Holy Ghost. I got something that's working within me that is doing something more powerful than my own discipline, than my own resources because something from above that filled me, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Come on now. This power is available for you and I. This power is available for the church. I mean, listen to these guys. These are the same men that were in that room. Acts 4 verse 19 through to 20. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I mean, these guys have been truly transformed. Listen to how they pray. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants with that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. I'm preaching from King James Version. I just, I just think that's got much power to it. <laughs> Stephen had power. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Acts chapter 6 verse 8. Paul, he preached in power. Amen. Listen to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words or of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Oh, I'm come to tell someone today that God and his Holy Spirit is able to take a mere man and begin to produce something uh, of effect that is more than what man could ever do because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe in these last days, God is looking for men and women who would just say no to the flesh, who say no to the world and say, God, fill me with your power. Man, I tell you, I used to live for the world. I used to go out into the nightclubs and drink 100%, spend everything for the world. And then I got saved and I had sick of my life. I was empty, I was broken. Uh, but I had everything in the front thinking like I'm all good. But I came around and I said, man, God, that change that you did in my brother, I need that change. I got saved and I'm telling you, I came to the church and I heard people speaking in tongues. I saw people loving each other. There was this unity within the church. I'm thinking, what's going on? And then I've come to an understanding, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Holy, of the Holy Ghost. That God could also spend, uh, begin to pour out His Spirit upon the church to say, you know what, this is how it's going to work. This is how it's going to change the world. They need the Holy Spirit. They need the power. They need the anointing. And I remember coming and bowing my knee, getting saved. And a few weeks later, I said, man, God, I need the power. I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I, I began to uh, you know, lift up my hands. They said, oh, do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I said, yes, I do. 
And I'll tell you what, no joke, uh, the Spirit of God began to fall upon me. I began to speak with other tongues and my life's been changed. I was going out into the streets with the brothers, street preaching, going out with, why are you afraid, brother? Why? You got to be filled with the Spirit to begin to speak what God wants to speak. Amen. Amen. Power in the Holy Ghost. Second point is this, is there a vessel? Is there a vessel? John chapter 7, verse 37 through to 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I want you to underline that out of, I mean, out of his heart. King James Version says, out of his belly flows rivers of living water. And then verse 39, Jesus says this, but he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I want you to note importantly the words out of. I mean, the power is to flow out of the believer. It's not enough just for the, the person where God's spirit can be upon you. It's the individual worker must have it. There's got to be an outflow. There's got to be this overflow within a believer. You know, God's servants, God's uh, believers, you know, we're not just empty vessels. We got to be filled with his spirit. And the Lord is looking for men and women, young and old, who could be filled with His presence, who can be filled with His power, who can be filled with His anointing to begin to go out into all the world and begin to flow out what's inside. They are only the real blessing that one could bring to the other person is that this overflow is because of his own experience with God. Amen. It's an overflow because of the fact that you've been saved, you've been changed, and this this overflow. It's like, you know, you wonder why. Man, brother, why are you so happy? Sister, how come you're so excited? It's because there's this overflow that's happening. There's this revival that's taking place in an individual. It's an overflow. It's one person to another. How is it possible? Listen, it can't be explained. It's got to be experienced by the power of the Holy Spirit. But is there a vessel? Is there a vessel here today in the Beanley congregation? Is there a vessel today? There's a powerful experience of the Holy Spirit in Acts. It was responsible for the miraculous growth of the Christian church. These men were vessels waiting for the filling of the Holy Spirit. And there it is. These vessels begin to fill them up. Uh, the Holy Spirit begin to fill these vessels up with this power. I want you to turn with me for a second to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a story found in this Old Testament that I believe is prophetically speaking to you and I. 2 Kings chapter 4, and it's a story found in verses 1 through to 7. You may know it. It's a quite uh, famous story, familiar portion of Scripture. And it says this, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. And then verse 2 says, so Elisha said, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? What a question. What's in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. 
Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Don't just gather a few. And when you come in, shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she and her son, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. I want you to catch this. Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Verse 7, then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons shall live on the rest. I come to say today, you know what? The oil represents the Holy Spirit. The vessel represents you and I. But here in the story, there's a problem. These creditors have come to enslave her sons. These creditors, in Bible times, if you're not able to pay a debt, they were able to come and take your sons to uh, work um, and pay off this debt. And so here it is. This is a picture of the devil. This is a picture of the enemy coming to enslave this generation, this generation that we're living in today. There is a problem. There is an issue because of the fact that there was not another vessel. The miracle wasn't with the oil. The miracle was because of the vessel. As long as there was a vessel, the oil continued to flow. Bring another vessel, the oil kept flowing. Bring another vessel, the oil kept flowing. Bring another vessel, the miracle kept pouring out. The issue wasn't with the flow or with the, the oil. The issue was, is there another vessel? And I come to preach today that God is looking for men and women who would be vessels to be filled with His power, to be filled with His anointing. And God is saying, is there a vessel? Is there a vessel? Is there another? Bring it so that God can bring a miracle. Bring the vessel so that God can pour out His power. Bring the vessel so that God can pour out His, uh, His blessing and anointing. God has all the power, but can He find a vessel? Church, it's time to forsake the world. It's time to leave all that behind and go forward for God because God wants to use you as a vessel to release His power, to release everything in these last days by His Spirit. The Lord is looking for vessels. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Where are the vessels? The heart cry of God, the heart cry of Jesus, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. Go into all the world. But is there a vessel? Is there a man, is there a woman that begin to consecrate themselves to say, you know what, I'm not going to live for the world anymore. God, this life belongs to you. 1 Corinthians 6, chapter 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? Listen, if you're saved today, if you've been born again, listen, your body is a vessel to be used by God's Spirit so that God can use your life. Why? To be a witness, to be a witness for your family, to be a witness for your friends, to be a witness for Jesus Christ so that the power can live within you. I want you to note this great promise found in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. And it says this, Now unto him that is able to do all that we ask. I mean, you, you, you write that down, all that we ask. All that we ask or think. 
The words before that, above all that we ask or think. The words before that, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. The word before that, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. This is the promise, but I want you to see this statement here. According to the power that works in you. It's not good enough. Uh, it's, it's not enough that God has all this exceeding abundant power. That God's miracles is flowing and flowing and flowing. Listen, he must find a body. He must find a vessel to be used for his glory. That God can use you mightily in these last days. Is there a vessel? Bingley Potter's house, God wants to raise up men and women in this place uh, to go out and maybe preach and be a missionary out in the islands. Amen. God wants to raise up men and women who's uh, available for His glory that begin to see other lives transformed and changed. God found a man, a vessel named Pastor Dax and Rose Vesey. And they begin to make themselves available. They begin to say, God, here am I, send me. They begin to say, God, I've had enough of this world. God, send me. And they said, they begin to pray. Pastor Dax said, this is the place. Eagleby, they begin to open up the, the church in Eagleby. Amen. There are people here today, you remember what it's like when they first started. The song service was going. That you remember the, the spirit of God that was moving throughout the city, throughout the town. God was moving because there was a man who would say, I'll be that vessel. And then God says, is there another vessel? And Pastor Dax said, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. And he goes to Bougainville. I mean, to leave this congregation and say, God, it's not enough. There's people out there that are waiting. There are people out there that are broken. There are people out there in the islands that are waiting for another gospel church. Can there be another vessel? And he said, God, here am I, send me. I'm telling you, will you be a vessel? I remember God stirring my heart. When I was in the body in Strathpine congregation, God was pulling on my heart as to be a preacher of the gospel. I said, God, not me. You found the wrong person. <laughs> I was like, God, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. It's not me. I'm just going to be the worship leader. And God was dealing with me about preaching the gospel. God was dealing with me about being a vessel to be used by him. I was like, no, no, I'll just be a vessel in the house of God, in the mother church. It's fine. But it was like God just began to show me things. God began to give me visions and dreams like, you know what, hey, and I begin to get words from, from pastors, visiting speakers, God wants to use you. And I was like, you know what, God, I surrender. God, if there's anything else, God, I don't want to be working out of my own flesh. I don't want to be doing things on my own. God, I need your spirit. And it was on uh, 2018, I said, you know what, God, it was at conference in Perth. God, here's a vessel. Here's my life. I laid down, go into Kabulcha. Be the vessel there. Go and preach in that city. And then God says, listen, there's a vessel. Pastor Dax is going to Bougainville. Listen, is there a vessel to come here in Beanley to take over this wonderful congregation? I said, God, if there is a vessel, Lord, you can use me. God, if there's anything else, Lord God, you can use our family for this, for your glory. You know what? It's not a work of man. It's not a work for anyone. It's just, you know what, God, I'll be the vessel. Don't give me the praise. Don't give me the honor. No, no, it's him. And I'm just wanted to be available to do his work. But I wonder how many people here today to say, you know what, God, I'll be available. God, you know what, I'll be available even if it's just me in my house. Even if it's just me with my kids. God, I'll be available. God, even if it's me, just a single mother in my house. God, even if it's just me, a single dad in my house. God, I'll be the vessel. God, to reach my friends and my families. God, if, if it just be me, God, I'll be the vessel so that the power of God can flow through me and that I can see others change. To be a witness for Jesus Christ.
You were saved for a purpose. It's bigger than you, my sister. It's bigger than you, my brother. If you would just simply surrender your life and say, you know what, God, I'll be the vessel here in Beanley. I surrender all. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. The Holy Ghost power wants to move and work. And the church must be spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled, power-filled. We can't do it on our own. It's not enough just having nice programs. It's not enough just having good uh, services, nice song service, nice lights. It's not enough just having nice air cons. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord, we need your anointing, Holy Ghost. We need your anointing, God, in our hearts, in our lives. You're here today. I want to give an invitation. You're here today, and I want to ask you the question. Are you right with God? The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, and then comes the judgment. The Bible says our sins separate us from a holy God. All have fallen short. All have fallen short of the standard of God's requirements. Every one of us have sinned. And the Bible tells us that we will face God on judgment day. If you're not saved, if you're not born again, Jesus says you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. He's talking about a spiritual birth, that you must be born again. And I want to ask you the question today again. Where will you spend eternity if you were to die? I mean, you've got to ask yourself that question. Where will you spend eternity? Jesus says to those who are saved, to those who have been born again, He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But then he says to a, another group of people who are not saved, who haven't accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And he says to them, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, for I never knew you. Many will say, Lord, Lord. Many will say, and Jesus says this word, depart from me, those of you who practice lawlessness, for I never knew you. You may come to church, you may sing the songs, you may have a nice t-shirt on, you might have a nice dress on. Listen, my sister, my brother, that's not good enough. The Bible says with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. That was talking about that context right there is saying, you know what, with man, with our own good works, it's not good enough. But with Jesus, because of His grace, because of His sacrifice, but with God, all things are possible. That's what He's talking about. You can't make it into heaven by your good works, my brother, my sister. You got to surrender your heart. You got to accept Jesus Christ in your life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you, my brother. He doesn't want you to perish in eternal fire, in eternal separation. He wants you to have eternal life. If you're here today, you're not saved. You know you're not going to heaven. I want you to do one simple thing. You raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. I'm not saved, but I want to be forgiven. If that's you, you lift your hand. I'll pray for you. I'll count it a privilege to pray with you. Lift your hand. This is just between you and God today. You're, you're maybe backslidden. You had a walk with Jesus Christ. Every head bowed and every eyes closed. This is just between you and God. Once you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not uh, saved. I, I need to be forgiven. I need my sins forgiven. If that's you, you raise your hand and say, yes, 
Preacher, that's me. Pastor, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. I need forgiveness. If that's you, you be honest before the Lord and you say, yes, that's me. You slip up your hand with mine and say, yes, Pastor, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. Lift up your hand. Come on. This is not about church. This is not about religious uh, religion. This is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lift up your hand, my brother, my sister. God is dealing with your heart today. You're not saved. Your heart's not right with God. Lift up your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. It's not a time to play around and play games and play church. Get your heart right with God today. You'll never know. Today might be your last day and say, hey, listen. I sent a vessel to preach to you today, but you rejected it. Lift up your hand. If God's speaking to you, just say, yes, that's me. Be honest. This is just between you and God. Who cares about who's sitting next to you? Who's, who cares about who's beside you? Who cares about your brothers who are going out party? Who cares? This is just between you and God. Who cares about your sisters who are going out fornicating and having sex with everyone else? Listen, this is about you and God. Will you make a decision to say, you know what? I'm not saved, but I need forgiveness. Lift up your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. God wants to meet with you. God wants to save you. He doesn't want to give you a good life. He wants to give you eternal life. Lift your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. Hands all across this place. Lift your hand and say, yes, that's me. I need Christ.